0: I just was so understimulated and overstimulated at the same time. So understimulated by the work, overstimulated by the environment. I absolutely could not sit at my desk. There were walls, but they were all made of glass. And outside of that glass wall, I can see 1500 other people just wandering around. It was the worst environment for someone with ADHD. And I didn't know at the time that I had it. So I was just just constantly going, oh my God, I'd get up and make tea. I'd get up and go to the toilet. I'd go and talk to someone. I'd go and do the thing. I ran the choir. I was co-chair of the social committee. I ran a music theory class, I was in the craft club, I was the quiz master at trivia night, I started a podcast for the team, because I just needed some other thing to keep me in this job.
1: Welcome. I am your host, Dino Cattaneo, and you're listening to Authentic Leadership for Everyday People, the podcast where we investigate the connection between effective leadership and authenticity. If you're looking for inspiration and tips on how to become a better leader by being your true self, you're in the right place. First of all, Happy New Year. We're starting year three of Authentic Leadership for Everyday People, so let me thank all of you listeners, those of you who have been following the podcast for a while, as well as those of you who may be joining us for the first time. Long-time listeners know that part of my promise to you is to walk the talk and to be as transparent and honest with you as possible and as I demand my guests to be. So today I'm going to touch on a topic that involves me directly. Three years ago I was diagnosed with adult ADHD. I would have never thought to test for it as I did really well in school and generally I did okay at work. But a few friends shared their experience and diagnosis with me and I recognized some of the patterns and the challenges that they had faced which led me to go and test myself. I am really thankful to them because being diagnosed had massive implications for me. It explained a lot of the things that I had faced and it really helped me in many many facets of my life. So, in the same spirit, I have asked my friend Alison Benny who was also recently diagnosed with ADHD to come and have a conversation with me. We talk about what it means to be diagnosed with ADHD as an adult and we share our experiences. We were able to create a space where we could both talk openly about what we went through and, and be pretty honest on you know what worked and what didn't work before and after the diagnosis. At a minimum, you will get to know me and Alison a little better. But more importantly, Hopefully he will help you understand ADHD a little better. And if either you or someone you know may have some of the symptoms, maybe this will be an incentive to start taking the next step and look for a diagnosis or or get some treatment. Before we get into the episode, some of you may have recognized Alinzo's name. She was one of the early guests of the show. Actually, she appeared in episode seven in which we talked about the power of voice. So once you're done listening to this episode, make sure you go and check that one out. And now enjoy the conversation. Alison, it's great to have you here. You are the first repeat guest of the show.
0: (gasps) What an honor.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, if people want to get to know more of your in-depth story, I would recommend you go and listen to episode seven, The Power of Voice, where Alison talked in depth about where she started and what she's now. And we talked about with two other guests, uh, Ruby Rose Fox and Jenna Halsted about the power of voice and how that in the context of leadership. But to get our listener just back in context, let's do like a 30-second intro, who you are, uh, and then we'll go from there.
0: I'm Alison Benny. I live in the UK. I grew up in Scotland. I was born in Northern Ireland. I get a lot of questions about my accent. So it's Glaswegian with a softening of having lived in London for a long time, I'm a coach and facilitator. My background is in music and theater, so I work with a lot of actors, directors, writers, producers in the theater, in TV and film. And we really work on what is it to carve out your own path in your career and in your life.
1: This episode, I asked you to come on because you and I had a similar experience in the last two or three years. But before we go into that, I'm gonna do one of those fake reveal. (laughs) There's a fabulous TikTok of yours that I look at all the time because it reminds me what it's like to live the way that you and I are living. And it's the story of the chicken and the egg. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you for my listeners to tell the story of the chicken and the egg. Oh, gosh. And what it means to you.
0: (laughs) Well, when I am in a room in a conversation with someone who says, well, you know, it's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? I will immediately, without missing a beat, say, it's egg. And people look at me like, what? And I say, it's egg. The egg came first. And they say, "Well, no, it's like a well-known conundrum that we don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg." And I say, "Well, no, because chickens are dinosaurs. Like, ev- through in evolutionary terms, the chickens and dinosaurs were on the same path. So when it went dinosaur egg, dinosaur egg, dinosaur egg, dinosaur egg, chicken, so egg came first. And <laughs> it's this thing that I have where I can't sit on it. Like, I really nobody cares nobody cares because all they want to say is, we don't know what came first. And that's the analogy they use. They're not looking for the answer. And I know that. (laughs) And what was really interesting about that post on TikTok is how many people said, oh, I do that too. And it was so, it it made me feel seen in a way that is new for me because I have always been very self-conscious about that. Compulsion that I have. And for so many people to say, Oh, I do that all the time. And I mean, I can't remember how many now 15,000 people? I've maybe made that up. Maybe it was 12. Lots, lots of people who just said, Oh, yeah, me too. I do that too. What is it that resonates with you, Dino?
1: It's the compulsion, right? The inability when you know a fact, and you know that fact to be true, and you're in a group of people, and the conversation is moving away from the fact, and actually taking that fact out or telling a truth. You know that, you know, you know that hiding is like like a little white lion and 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 it's really not an important fact to to share. Yeah, but there's a part of you, and you're feeling like I shouldn't say it, I shouldn't say it and then you blurt it out, right? And it's that the impulse control. I think there's a point where you're very explicit in the TikTok, where you address the fact that it's an issue of an impulse control, and here is the reveal: both you and I, in the past two or three years, have been diagnosed with adult ADHD, and it's something that I, you know we're going to tell how you got to even testing for diagnosis for me was something that I never thought I had adult you know I had any kind of learning disability I had very good grades in school I went through university comfortably in the top 15 20 percent of my class never breaking above that number but I was there I went to Harvard Business School I had first year honors at second year I missed mean second year honors by one grade in one class and if I had graduated in you know with second year honors I've would been graduated with honors that would have made me in the top I don't know also 15% of the class. And so, you know, I had a good working career and I never thought that that would be something that I had. And then my wife came and said, you know, this person and this other person have just been diagnosed with ADHD and it's really helped them. And she bringing on those two specific people who were also really good at certain things made me like, huh. And, And I remember having this conversation say. I don't have ADHD, you know, when I was in investment banking, I would spend 20 hours on a spreadsheet, right? And she's like, yep, that's (laughs) part of the symptoms. And I went and, you know, I read a little bit about it and I went and did the testing and had to diagnose it. So how did you come to that? What was the impulse for you to go and get tested or get diagnosed? It
0: was a long time coming, actually. I saw something, I think it was on LinkedIn. It's this little tagline on an article that said, if you quit jobs a lot without another job to go to, you might have ADHD. And I had just done it. I had just handed in my notice. I was in my notice period for a job. I didn't have anything else lined up. Didn't have a plan. Didn't have (laughs) money. Didn't have anything. And so I thought, oh, I've just done that. And then I thought, oh, and I did that with the job before, and the job before, and the job before. And I realized that I had done that with every job that I had ever had since my very first Saturday job when I was 16, every single one. And so I looked into it a little bit more. I read a book called Fast Minds, How to Thrive if You Have ADHD or Think You Might, and Fast Minds is an acronym for common symptoms of ADHD. I have it here in front of me because there's no way I would remember it. Forgetful, achieving below potential, stuck in a rut, time challenged, motivationally challenged, impulsive, novelty seeking, distractible, and scattered. And I read that, just the title of it, just that acronym, and thought, oh. Because like you, I did do very well in school. So that was a a kind of red herring, I suppose. When I went to my doctor to say, I think I have this, we went through what's happening now. And he said, well, it does sound like you have something going on, but you can't be diagnosed with ADHD as an adult, unless it looks as if it was present in childhood too. So let's look at childhood. How did you do at school? I said, oh, I did really well at school. We We measure that by our, our grades. I know in, in the US, it goes by the SATs. What is it in Italy?
1: Well, it's grades.
0: Yeah. So I left school with four A's and a B. So that, and that like people don't do that. And he said, so why did you study music? Why were you not? You could have been a surgeon. And I was like, I don't want to be a surgeon, but he said, "Mm, I don't think so. Did you go to an all girls school? I said, no, it was mixed. He said, was it a private school? I said, no, it was the, the local comp. You know, this the this state school, and he said, "Where was it?" I said, "Just you know, about eight miles from Glasgow." And he said, oh, "I'm so sorry. Like, not to stereotype, but there is no kid who is going to the mixed comp near Glasgow and leaving with four A's and a B without serious intervention. If they had ADHD, there's just there's no way. So, I take I'm taking this seriously. You definitely have something going on. It's not that. And that was. Years ago, like maybe five years ago. And it just kept coming back and kept coming back. And then I started looking into how different it is in women. And I kept going and I went to a psychiatrist and got the diagnosis myself without going through my doctor. Just felt easier.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting. So, you know, I want to just focus on a second on the A, because I think that is the biggest thing that trips adults who may be suffering from adult ADHD which on one hand is achieving beyond potential but you can still be high achieving you know if you look at at my diagnosis it said that like you know I basically compensated with my intelligence and other parts for this disability and you know it's funny you say like where was it present in childhood the, one of the anecdotes that kind of sealed it for me when i was in 6th grade i was in a class with this teacher who was known as the most ferocious teacher in the school. And we're talking 70s Italy, you know, like the old school teacher, I think were pretty similar to the old school teachers in England. And when she taught, you you couldn't hear a fly. And I was in the middle of a lesson, you know, and everybody is reading and paying attention. And I started singing Chitty Chitty Bamba. I was so away from it. And this went on for about 30, 45 seconds, because I think she was shocked that somebody would break out and sink it. And I was just not there. And I, I never like loop back to that episode. But what was interesting for me, and, and I'm wondering if you had similar experiences, if you look back at your past, I had an okay career, I progressed normally, like everybody in this service organizations, I, I mean, I ended up being a C-level executive at a company. But there were moments in my career where things didn't go the right way. And you could pinpoint the, the patterns. And the pattern was an, an inability to focus and concentrate on a deliverable until the last minute. And then this mad rush at the last minute to deliver it. and you know, 90% of the time I was able to like at the last minute rush, get it done. And then there's a 10% of the time where you've delayed too much and that doesn't work out. And then, you know, the physical, when I'm writing stuff, like there's a moment where like a physical need to leave the screen and to go and, and I would sit in in this high achieving service environments and see like my colleagues, you know, start working at, 8 p.m., 8 a.m. and like work without interruption for four hours. And I felt guilty that I needed to walk out, et cetera. And so one of the aspects that ADHD carries with people who are successful in other areas is that you feel guilty. You feel like I'm lazy. For me, there was all this, this set of feelings that colored my work experience until... I kind of got the diagnosis and and I'm wondering, like, what are the parallels, if any, or like, you know, how did ADHD impact you while you had it? And most importantly, because I think hopefully the goal of this conversation is that there's somebody out there who is running into some of the issues and feelings that we have had and has not taken ADHD as a potential cause and consideration because like, well, maybe I should go get tests. So tell me a little bit about how it affected you before and then what. Getting the diagnosis meant for you.
0: I think the most obvious and and the most recent situation where it just was Im- it was felt impossible was I was working as an IT project manager in a biomedical research facility, and this building had been designed for collaboration. So you were all supposed to sit together and work together and bump into each other and the the corridors and the, the coffee stations and the collaboration spaces and all of it. It was all designed so that you were constantly talking to people. And I absolutely could not do any work. If there's a human being beside me, I will talk to them. It was the same at school. I was okay when it was like silent time when we all had to do our work, fine. But I would be finished my work very quickly. And then I would start talking to the person beside me. And I was constantly being told off for distracting everybody else. And oh, some other people haven't finished their work. And I'm like, well, can you give me something else to do? (laughs) Because I'm bored. (laughs) And so it was that. And it was it was the wrong job in the wrong department and working with some lovely people. But I just was so understimulated and overstimulated at the same time. So understimulated by the work, overstimulated by the environment. I absolutely could not sit at my desk. There were no walls. I mean, there were walls, but they were all made of glass. So it's not just, oh, there's. 10 people sitting in this office with me. It was, there are 60 people sitting in this little section. And outside of that glass wall, I can see 1,500 other people just wandering around. It was the worst environment for someone with ADHD. And I didn't know at the time that I had it. So I was just, just constantly going, Oh my God, I'd get up and make tea. I'd get up and go to the toilet. I'd go and talk to someone. I'd go and do the thing. I ran the choir. I, I was co-chair of the social committee. I ran a music theory class. I was in the craft club. I was like the quizmaster at, at trivia night. I started a podcast for the team, <laughs> just because I just needed some other thing to keep me in this job. Um, the actual job wasn't interesting enough, so I thought. I was going mad. I, I would just sit looking at all these 60 people in my office who were all just sitting at their computers, just typing away, writing code or making databases or whatever they were doing, just sitting quietly. And I would just want to talk and talk, 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 like I'm doing now. And um, I just wanted to stand up and scream like, what, how are you doing this? how are you, I I just, I don't get it. How are you doing, it's so boring. How are any of you doing this? And then I would feel judgmental. And I remember saying to someone like, how do you, like, how how do you do this? How do you just sit and do this? And they're like, we enjoy it? Oh, okay. (laughs) And what I have realized recently, actually since putting out that, TikTok, a lot of the comments were me too, me too, me too. Some of the comments said, the need for truth sounds more like autism. And I started looking into autism. And lo and behold, absolutely have that too. So it's more common to have both ADHD and autism than to only have one or the other. So I'm in a new space there as well. I'm still getting to know that. So yeah, that job was it. I absolutely could not do it.
1: And when you finally got the diagnosis, what impact has that that on you? How has it helped you rearrange your life or maybe kind of like at least be more forgiving of yourself? I don't know, like what, you know, I'm just going to edit all that part out and just ask the question. It's
0: okay, you asked it already and I forgot. Because I've got ADHD.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I was ADHD myself in the middle of that. So maybe I will live that in so people can see it in real life and in action. I love this thing
0: you say, Dino, where you say, oh, I (laughs) ADD-node.
1: Well, that's the funniest thing. Like, that was an ongoing joke that people had with me. You know, oh, you're (laughs) ADD-node. But like, it was considered as a joke and a funny thing. And I'm like, I don't have ADD. I've functioned reasonably well in society and work like then you know I had like some dark moments here and there but going back
0: yeah what is the impact of having the diagnosis right to understand all of the times that I've struggled I was misdiagnosed with so many things and this is particularly common in in women where we're misdiagnosed with eating disorders and depression and realizing actually that was all about stimulation, under stimulation, overstimulation. And so I, I can take care of those things much better. I was in a a space that a lot of people are not in when they have a late diagnosis of ADHD, because a lot of people have been going, What is wrong with me? I'm useless. I can't do anything right. I can't finish things. I can't stick to things. I can't whatever cycle they're stuck in and they feel terrible about themselves i had gone through so much therapy um so jungian analysis cognitive behavioral therapy coaching so much work so many mindset shifts so much rewiring that i had already done the work on the self esteem so when i was finally diagnosed with ADHD, it felt there there was a kind of relief to go, oh, okay, that makes sense. That explains all these weird things that have happened. And then there was a grief of realizing how hard I found life, how exhausted I was by everything, and a wondering of like, what would have been different. I really think nothing would have been different or I I was such a victim as a child (laughs) that I would have just gone, oh, I can't do that because I've got ADHD and I would not have achieved the things that I I did. I really, knowing myself and knowing myself as a kid, I think I would have used it as an excuse. (laughs) So I'm fine with that. I realize my, my business is called Does As She Pleases and I realize I cannot do anything else. I can only do what I want to do and i've stopped trying to force myself to do the other stuff so there's also a a permission to to say you know what i don't cook i don't clean <laughs> i pay people for that and even if i have to work extra hours just to get some help i'd rather do that than not community realizing i'm not the only one
1: yeah I mean, I think that's really important. And I think it's really important that people see somebody who is successful and working and dealing with it. That provides, I don't want to say a role model because that's maybe a little ambitious, but like it's, you know, it provides just a glimmer of hope. And it's interesting to me when you talk about having done the work before because, you know, I think, as you mentioned, depression is sometimes misdiagnosed, but depression is also an outcome, right? 20 years ago, I've been through a pretty serious depression episode. And I think in a lot of ways, the adjustment part of the work, it comes with experience. You know, I've, I've over time, as I left the corporate world and started my own business and be more selective about the type of clients that I take, the type of work that I do, I had worked around a lot of the things that were issues with me when I, when I was working before and that were caused by the ADHD. I think that if I could make a music parallel, the getting the diagnosis was the same. Like if you're playing, there, there's a like there's a very specific move in rock music that you can hear in all the Stones record. And it's the the shift from the minor third to the major third in a lick. And for me, getting the diagnosis of the HD, when I look at that and I compare it to the work that I had done to that point, went from like, okay, I kind of figured out that this sound is cool. But then now I've been told like, what that actually is, right? Oh, if you go from the minor third to the second third to the major third, you will always get that feeling and that sound. And the diagnosis helped me deal with the part that was at the edges that I still had not dealt with. So I was prescribed medication, which I use if there's a, a day that I need to do a lot of writing or something, I will take my medication, I have, you know, taken some of the advice on how to sort of restructure your life around your work, etc, that are recommended and implemented that. And then, you know, the most important thing is the getting over that feeling that like, I'm lazy, I'm not good, you know, that, that, that guilt feeling because you cannot do something that you see people that by any other measure are exactly your peers and you see them, and they're able to do it and you're not and before i had the adhd diagnosis my answer for that is i'm lazy and now i found ways around it so that i can actually do that
0: yeah i remember looking into dopamine and what does that mean and where am i getting my dopamine from and it was like finding out that everything i was eating was made of skittles And then, and you're looking, you start to read all the labels and go, oh God, this is made of Skittles too. And then as you start to go, okay, well, I can't just live on Skittles and you start to make healthier choices, but then everything just tastes like brown rice. When you're used to just Skittles constantly, everything else tastes really boring. And so I was like, okay, so TikTok is is like dopamine roulette. You never know when you're going to get a hit. So I, you know, put the phone away, put the sugar away, put the caffeine away. All of these things that I was getting kind of cheap dopamine from, getting rid of it all, and then just being absolutely bored out of my mind, and going, "Oh God, this feels familiar. What is this?" And realizing that is what I had misinterpreted as depression all those years ago. And then starting to understand how to get like, healthy dopamine and sustainable dopamine, and I don't really eat Skittles anymore, metaphorically and literally. <laughs> I used to eat them a lot.
1: I love Skittles too, actually. <laughs> both metaphorically and literally.
0: We're not sponsored by Skittles, no. but they are
1: delicious. It's my go-to snack when I get on a plane. Right. <laughs> also because right now the the selection of snacks in airports is severely limited in general right
0: well and they're vegan so it ticks all the boxes for me
1: okay well thanks so much for this whole conversation on adhd now if people want to find you and maybe work with you on their career and life where can they go
0: uh my website is com. on instagram i'm alison benny on linkedin you'll find me alison benny where else am i tiktok <laughs> alison Benny.
1: and you spelled a L L I S O N two L S one S and Benny spelled B-E-N-N-I-E. Thank you for being willing to go down this specific journey and topic with me because I don't know how many people. I'm like, oh, I'm a coach. Let me let me go out on a leadership podcast and talk about the fact that I have ADHD. That will get me a lot of clients.
0: <laughs> you know, a lot of my clients do have ADHD. Accidentally. Not on purpose. I'm not an ADHD coach. I have no training in in specific ADHD coaching. But so many people come to me because they see me doing all the things and I'm successful. And everybody else goes, just pick one thing. Stop being so distracted. And I go, don't do that. You'll be bored out of your mind.
1: <laughs> That's another fascinating thing because, as you know, because we've been through some of these journeys together, I'm like, am I a marketer? Am I a coach? Why am I not allowed to be both? And actually, somebody who really helped me with that is Christina Wallace, who's a professor at Harvard Business School, who was a guest in an episode earlier and will be another guest in the spring when her book, The Portfolio Life, comes out, because she actually took the time and did the research and put it in an academic format that shows that people who are doing more than one thing and, and... and have more than one set of skills are actually just as viable is not more. So. All right, Alism, thank you so much.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, find a friend who may enjoy it and tell them that they should listen to it. If you really like the show, tell all your friends and post about it on social media. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on your favorite listening platform so you don't miss any episode. And if you listen on a platform that allows reviews, like Apple Podcasts or Good Pods, please leave us a stellar rating and a review. Stick around because after the credits, I am gonna play a song by Honest Mechanic, the indie folk duo featuring Susan Catano and Paul Anson from The Grown Up Noise. If you think you or a friend or close one may be suffering from adult ADHD and wanna find out more about it, a good starting point is the website for the Adult Deficit Disorder Association, which you can find at add.org. And he is usually, in these cases, told to a mental health professional. To find more links for Allison, go to the episode page of the podcast website, al4ep.com, spelled with the number 4. You can email me at dino at al4ep.com. And follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at diendo at al4edp with the letter D. On Facebook, look for authentic leadership for everyday people. This episode was produced by me, Dino Cattaneo, with additional edits by Pro Podcast Solutions. It was recorded remotely using Squadcast.fm, and the theme music was composed, produced, arranged, and recorded by Nicolas Cattaneo, who also played keyboards and drums with Tony Savarino on guitar and Jesse Willens on bass. And now, Under the Weight by Honest Mechanic.
2: You hit away Say what they say Do what they do You played the part You played the clown You fooled them all To just get through How do you give yourself Accident, you poked a hole and you could tell There was another day, there was another life still change the rules, it's up to you and you alone, Ooh. nobody has to know, nobody's gonna see who you were supposed to be, under the